This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. Second base. You mentioned second base. You mentioned Luis Garcia. It seems like if there's any position that's kind of the biggest question mark going into the start of this spring training, it is second base with Luis Garcia. I would imagine if the Nationals were to release a depth chart today, they would list Luis Garcia as their starting second baseman. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. But as we know from last year, Luis Garcia... It was very up and down. There were times where he was batting for high average, never really popped any kind of power at all for the most part. He also struggled with, it seems like, focus and things of that sort. And Davey got on him by sending him down to the minor leagues at a crucial point in the season uh, and a crucial point in his career, I would say. He came back up at the end of the year and had some decent outings where you kind of felt a little bit more encouraged about you know, p- potential upside, but I mean, we're, we're heading into, I believe almost the fourth year of, of Luis Garcia being up and down on the roster. This is it for him. You know, there are a lot of guys in the infield that could potentially come up and swipe his spot, including guys that you mentioned earlier, like, like Trey Lipscomb or potentially Brady house moving to second base, whatever it is. Uh, what's your thoughts on Luis Garcia in the second base position as it stands right now? Yeah, this is a guy that has a lot of talent. And to me, you can kind of tell the story from last year in one series, and that's the Kansas City Royals series at the end of May. He opens the series and goes six for six. What an six incredible game that was. That was a, and, such an incredible game. Great great approach at the plate, going the other way, and then the next two games, 0 for 5 and 0 for 5. And, you know, that's baseball, right? You're not always just going to get up there and you might go 6 for 6 one night like he did and go 0 for 5 the next. Like, that's not something that's just a Luis Garcia thing. But my point is this. This is a guy that goes 6 for 6 by going the other way, taking what's pitched him, and then the next two days looks like he's pulling off the baseball, doing other things. And I think this applies to a lot of other aspects of his game where – It seems like they can work on something, whether it's his fielding, whether it's his base running, whatever it may be. And it'll be fixed for a day, for two days, maybe a week, maybe even a month. 
but at times he just falls back into bad habits. And the fact that last year Davey sent him down and it wasn't just because, oh, he's struggling at the plate. He wasn't playing great, but he also would have been fine in the lineup with what the other options were. And they sent him down and said he needs to be more consistent and more mature as a ball player. That's a huge red flag. And so a guy that has much talent as he does, because if you look back at last year, I know that batting average isn't everything, but the dude hit 266. It's not as if he was a 220 hitter. He had nine home runs. He had 119 hits. So it's not like he was just a complete liability. The issue is he's not always fully devoted, and that's a huge red flag. So I think the talent is there to be a starting second baseman, or at least for this team, an everyday second baseman. But he's got to show up and be ready to work every single day. And if that's not going to be the case, one of these other guys is going to take it because I think the rest of the organization with Davey and Mike Rizzo, these guys are kind of sick of it. They don't want to keep dealing with a guy that they're not fully sold is going to be there every single day, fully bought in. And so this is a big spring training for him because it's still his spot. Like you said, if they were to put out a depth chart right now or projected lineup right now, he'd be slotted in there at second base. But if he comes out and he's lackadaisical, that might be strike number three for him because he's already living on the edge. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of crazy that with the state of the roster last season like you said if if they would have kept him in the lineup and not sent him down to triple a nothing would have changed no uh, <laughs> but, but they they felt they needed to make a statement to him by sending him down uh, and i i think that says a lot i think it says a lot of it, for one it says a lot about davy and and his ability to be able to connect with players and and to be able to tell when a player needs kind of a reality check uh also probably credits a Rizzo as well um because I would imagine he had hands in that decision too uh, I actually think he was the one that spoke about it on the sports junkies on 106.7 the fan pretty much the week that it happened um and, and talked about some of the maturity issues and and that they want him to maintain consistency and develop uh so like I said it it it, it says a lot that they did that considering the state of the roster and, and the youth that the roster is dealing with, you know, Ildemaro Vargas replaced him for, <laughs> for those couple of weeks yeah. that he was down where it's like, it wasn't Ildemaro Vargas wasn't doing much different than what Luis Garcia was offensively. He probably was doing some of the little things better than Luis Garcia. Some of those uh, things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Some of those things defensively were probably better than what Luis Garcia was doing. But yeah, this is a big, big, big year for Luis Garcia and his potential future with the Nationals. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another player, I, I, we didn't talk about this in our uh, pre-show meeting here, but I think somebody else that's in that similar boat is Victor Robles. Whereas he actually was somewhat impressive last year. I know he had his gaffes. Uh, here and there with base running, that seems to be a Victor Robles staple. Uh, we've talked about that on Bustin' Loose Baseball over the years that we've been doing this podcast. Uh, you, you may or may not have heard Bustin' Loose Baseball fans who listen to this regularly have heard Danny Rie make very many rants uh, about <laughs> Victor Robles. Uh, but uh, despite some of the gaffes that he had, when he was healthy, he was actually 
hitting pretty well for the most part. Now he was at the bottom of the lineup, so of course he's got better opportunities down there to better at the bottom of the lineup, but he was taking advantage of, which I think was great. Then injuries just kind of derailed what could have been, especially considering last year was, a, I would say, considered a big year for him too in, in his future in the organization with all these outfielders that are in the in the system. What do you think about Victor Robles's potential for 2024? Yeah, it's an interesting name because it seems like he's so forgotten in the organization now. I mean, this was the guy that the Nationals wouldn't consider trading. And then he was a part of the World Series team, and now he's kind of an afterthought. And, I mean, last year, he showed some real signs at the plate. And it wasn't even the fact that they were good results. You know, he, he had a two ninety nine average in 36 games, you know, 750 OPS, which you'd be more than happy from with his ability on defense and with his ability on the base paths. The issue is consistency. Once again, obviously last year, who knows? He only played 36 games. So who knows if he could have been a little more consistent and whatnot. Uh, injuries kind of derailed that. But there were even just little snippets in a 36-game sample size last year, 126 plate appearances, that you felt the consistency lacked. One plate appearance, he'd show up there, and you'd be thrilled with his approach. And the next, you're like, well, that's Victor Robles. That's the guy I remember. So, again, I think it's just about a consistency thing with him. And I don't know exactly what his future is because you look at the guys coming up, a lot of them are outfielders, and you even got to look and consider that... Yeah, Jacob Young, a guy like that, is he going to play more in the outfield? Who knows? I, I Honestly, I couldn't tell you what's going to happen with Victor Robles this year, but you're right. It is another big year for him to kind of prove and carve out his role in the organization once again. Yeah, two guys who have been top prospects in this organization and Luis Garcia and Victor Robles, two guys who were once considered untouchable in this organization. And now their careers could be on the line <laughs> here as we well, start the 2024 season. And as you bring that up, Darius, this is why I think it is uber important, and I mean hugely important, that Dylan Cruz and Brady House work out, and probably more so Brady House than Dylan Cruz, because Dylan Cruz, when you drafted him at number two overall, by many was the top guy and about as pro-ready as you could get. And so developing him, yes, you have a part in that, but when you get a guy that is nine-tenths of the way there, how much credit are you going to get for getting him that last little bit? Getting a guy in Brady House and developing him, I think, is hugely important because you look back, when's the last time this organization developed one of their own and turned them into a really good player? It hasn't happened. Strasburg, Harper, Robles hasn't turned into the guy that he was supposed to. You know, you mentioned Garcia. All the guys in the trade that we talk about, C.J. Abrams, acquisition from a trade, Mackenzie Gore, Josiah Gray, Caber Ruiz, James Wood, go through the list. They're all acquired from other places. And so, you know, we talked about Mike Rizzo and his draft strategy and all that stuff. It still hasn't been great. You know, last year, I think, kind of revitalized things with an Andrew Pinckney coming out of nowhere and playing well, with Yo-Yo Morales playing well, and who knows about Sikora, and we'll see with all these other guys. But I think those two panning out is huge for this organization because it would show a change where they could get a guy that they drafted and turn them into a good big leaguer. That's a that's a great point. Uh, another person we can kind of throw in that same class of Victor Robles and uh, Luis Garcia is Carter Keebum. Yeah, Carter Keebum's Keebum. another one. You know where he he got an opportunity last year to come up towards the end of the year, showed a flash or two here and there, and then showed why he's <laughs> not highly valued in this organization anymore. Where he just couldn't put the bat on the ball, couldn't 
they couldn't stay in play. You know, injuries have also derailed what could have been as far as his career has gone, but the opportunities that he has gotten, he hasn't taken advantage of them. So could be another, could be a big year for him as well, just in terms of seeing where he well, might and, slot in the organization, but it, it's not looking great. I would say for, for Carter keep him. And on the pitching side, Jackson Rutledge and Cade Cavalli, those two as well, seeing if they can be developed. Rutledge seems like he's starting to turn a corner, but is he that guy that you drafted in the first round? Who knows? Cade Cavalli might be kind of your last hope on that front that you can get a, 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 high caliber type pitcher that you've developed. So we'll see.